Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stormberry. This is Eli's on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have quite a lot to do today. We have a lot to talk about. Amazon could be in ownership of your doctor's office. A new PC builder is doing a great job of shooting themselves in the foot. Updates on the state of GPUs and much, much more. But first, let's actually get to that Amazon story first. Amazon is buying One Medical, which is a parent company that runs roughly over 180 medical offices throughout the U.S. It is unsure at this time what Amazon is planning to do with them, other than the fact that it might have something to do with Amazon Care, which launched back in 2019. It was a goal to test product before rolling it out nationwide. So this could be something to go ahead with their own healthcare provider, apparently within the U.S. Now, the healthcare system in the U.S. in general is not really something that almost anyone is exceptionally happy with. It has its pros, it has, it has its cons, and because it's healthcare, the cons almost always outweigh the pros. I think this is fair to say in pretty much anywhere. That being said, though, as someone who works as a subcontractor for a lot of healthcare providers, at least in my area. Here's what I can tell you about these sort of purchases. It messes everything up. Everything. One of our biggest healthcare providers that the company I work for actually does the, its majority of the work for, every single time they either buy up another smaller healthcare provider or they are bought up by someone else. It ends up being a logistics nightmare because all of a sudden now everything needs to change. The healthcare providers themselves are unhappy because now they have new orders on how to run things. How stuff is stored is then changed wildly. How the subcontractors like ourselves are paid are suddenly changed wildly. And we got to go bend over backwards. It is just a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. Now, in this case, Amazon... Did I even mention the name of the company? I'm pretty sure I did. If I didn't, it is One Medical that is being bought. And the reason why it's important to mention who they are and not the fact that Amazon is very quickly becoming a cyberpunk dystopian company where they're just a megacorp that runs pretty much everything to a certain degree is the fact that medical one is already under investigation by the house of representatives for um very sketchy practices that were being done to administer covid19 vaccines I should put an asterisk on this and say that the um, the investigation is specifically investigation of one medical's administration of coronavirus vaccines. Th- they mean COVID-19 vaccines. I hate to break it to the House of Representatives, but 
there are tons of coronaviruses, not just the one that caused the pandemic. There are tons of them. The common cold is a coronavirus. That's just a classification of a virus. I just felt that uh, I should make that de- make that specific detail, seeing as how the the report did not, and these kind of details are very important. Although, to also be fair, I don't know how important this investigation is because the actual report itself is only 24 pages long. 25 if I include the final page that is only one paragraph of citation. And for a legalese document, that is actually shockingly small. So I don't know where this puts Medical One. I don't know if this means that they're very sketch or if they're just actually doing nothing and just ticked off someone i honestly don't know anyway we're getting we're getting oddly political for a tech show so before we become the verge let's talk about neopets neopets still exists i know i am just as surprised as you are i thought neopets died out with the death of flash or with the dawn of you know the modern internet like neopets has been around for a long long time But they are still around, they're still kicking, and in fact, if you go there right now, you will be warned that Neopets has been hacked and tens of millions of accounts have been compromised. But now here's the real question. Those of you who are active on Neopets during its heyday, how many of you remember the email you used to get access to your Neopets account? Because I don't. Someone in chat has sarcastically asked, did the Church of Scientology buy Neopets? Actually, Nickelodeon did, which actually explains how they're still afloat. So, like, I never, I didn't have a personal email yet when I was, when I was in Neopets, when I, when I had a Neopets account and actually, like, went on Neopets. For those who actually don't know what Neopets is, it was, it was like a web-based MMO but it was super, super jank because it was started in 1999. And for the most part, unlike an MMO where you're like constantly competing with each other and whatnot, you did very little competing with each other. And it was just like a thing to go collect items, train pets, and just chill out. And probably one of the biggest things was the fact you could have your own shop and everyone just went ahead and used HTML copy pastas to go ahead and make wacky backgrounds and have uh chip tunes of crazy train play play on their own shops it was definitely an experience it was definitely a site that was an experience someone in chat says there actually is a scientology connection i don't think it is someone in chat asked so it was like club penguin yeah it actually was except it was even more jank because it was powered by php and flash Rather than, you know, HTML5 or anything of the, uh, or Java or anything like that. Actually, I think some parts of Neopets was Java. But in any case, if you still have, if you still use the email you used for Neopets, uh, check your email and uh, maybe, ch- maybe change some passwords. Oh, actually, I just did a quick search. Apparently, uh, apparently Neopets was run by Scientologists at a point. And then some other crazier sites that uh, have a lot less credibility started started putting down the question of, oh, was Neopets a 
Scientology tool for brainwashing. No, it was... It was just... It was just Flash games. There, there was no message at all. It was just dumb Flash games. Calm down. But yeah, no, apparently multiple sources. It was, in fact, run... It, was, it actually was apparently run by some Scientologists. Huh. Anyway, that's dark as heck. Let's move on instead to uh, NFTs. Yeah, some NFTs. NFTs are once again back in the news. This time because Minecraft has said they will not actively support any form of NFTs within the game at all. They are not going to actively block you from using a skin that is an NFT, but they're not going to provide support. If you try to go ahead and pitch any kind of NFT or blockchain technology within your Minecraft server, action will be taken against you. Personally, I find it ironic that a game where you go ahead and actively try to mine and, and scrape an entire world for every ounce of resources that's within the game, they're not going to allow NFTs. A system that consumes natural resources to produce energy to power a link and validate the authenticity of a link to another server that hosts a picture. There's some weird irony in there, especially when we get to a later story. I want you to remember this. But this move by Mojang Studios has caught a lot of attention. Because, of course, Minecraft is beloved. It really, really is. So... Some people then went over to Epic, who currently does allow NFTs, and said, hey, Minecraft, one of the biggest games out there, possibly still the biggest, I actually don't know, said they are actively trying to push against NFTs. What say you? Well, Tim Sweeney, a guy who I already didn't like in the first place, says that, quote, Stores and operating system makers shouldn't interfere by forcing their views onto others, saying that they are not going to take any steps to block or disallow blockchain gaming or NFTs on the Epic Game Store. All right. That's an interesting position to say that, you know, we have no... That, that, you know, on, on our store, we have no business going ahead and interfering with what people want to sell. Okay. So, here's my counterpoint to that. I run a dry cleaners. All right? It does other stuff on, on the side, which actually makes up the majority of its revenue, but let's simplify this. I run a dry cleaners. A vendor wants to go ahead and sell sweater bricks through my store. And I, of course, would get a cut of the profit. Normal stuff that we normally see for a retail outlet. These bricks, these sweater bricks, which are used to get little fuzzies off your sweaters, turns out they have asbestos in them. Do I not have an obligation then at that point to not sell them anymore? They're hazardous to people's health. Isn't it my responsibility then as the store owner to get them off the shelf 
when this knowledge is brought to my attention? According to Tim Sweeney, no. Because it's their product. It's up to them whether they want to sell it or not. Oh, but NFTs aren't against against OSHA regulations or health and safety or anything like that, like asbestoses. Okay, let's say, all right, let's say that is a bad example. Instead, let's say, mm, what would be a good example? Let's say someone wants to go in and sell, let's say coat hangers, all right? Let's say they want to sell coat hangers in, in my store, all right? People, people come in, we normally provide just simple wire hangers. Another company wants to go in and, uh, and offer the ability to insert your stuff on premium hangers. All right. Seems simple enough, right? But it turns out those hangers have messages on them that you don't agree with. That let's say they say things that are racist. Things that are just blatantly hate speech. Things that do not align with my own personal beliefs. Do I go ahead and continue selling them just because I follow the same philosophy as, as Tim Sweeney? Because there's nothing saying that I need to interfere with that or interfering with how, how developers make their, their games? No! People are saying destroy the hangers. The correct answer is actually, in this case, I would send the hangers back and say they do not match what we stand for. We would rather go with a different vendor. And then someone in chat hit the nail on the head. And why this entire, we don't want to go ahead and lay a finger on what developers do is complete BS. Someone in the chat said, but NFTs align with Tim's personal beliefs. And that's the key. He is okay with NFTs because he is a true believer. Who cares if NFTs are used for scams across the board? Who cares if all an NFT is, is a receipt to a link to a single centralized server hosting the file in question that the NFT is for? Who cares if NFTs actually have no grounds in any legal system at all across the globe in actually claiming ownership? And this thing is actually key, I want to add. NFTs themselves do not give you any actual ownership legally of anything. They are as useful as that random certificate you got on 2AM infomercial that says that star up in the sky that you can't find is named after you. That has no legal grounds that has no actual authority of anything, it's the same with an NFT. Except, unlike the fake certificate for a star, its carbon footprint is the paper and ink that was used to make it. The NFTs is perpetual because it constantly takes electricity to keep the NFT in the blockchain. And electricity will constantly be used for the server that is hosting the file the NFT links to. And if, by the way, if the server ever goes down, that's it. It's gone. By the by, speaking of... Uh, speaking of environmental concerns, Final Fantasy VII is in the news. 
Final Fantasy VII, for those of you who don't know this game somehow, is one of the more, no- more notorious Final Fantasies in the series, and one that is actually beloved by many. The game opens up with a, with a group of eco-terrorists, which is actually one of the reasons why the game is controversial, trying to stop a greedy corporation from sucking the planet's life energy, known as Mako, from the planet. Now, the group's methods at the beginning are obviously wrong, and you move on to try and stop them in other ways. But the fact is, is that the whole concept of the game, until you meet the actual antagonist of the game, is to stop an evil corporation from literally bleeding the planet dry of magical energy known as Mako. I want to repeat this because I want to hammer this point in. The, the, the opening point of Final Fantasy is to stop the evil company Shinra who puts profits above all else from bleeding the planet dry to line its own pockets. So of course the first move that Square does is to make an NFT of Cloud Strife, the main character from Final Fantasy VII. And now you're already thinking, wow, that is incredibly stupid and hilariously self-aware. First off, I think they're way too stupid at this point to be self-aware. But here's the best part. You cannot buy the NFT alone. Oh no, this actually gets dumber than you'd think. Because actually, the purchase is for an actual action figure. And you can buy just the action figure. You can buy just the action figure and it's $130. And you know, it's a decent looking, you know, figure. Like I have nothing wrong with the figure, but the default edition, the digital plus edition of this action figure, which is $160, includes an NFT that is just a digital certificate of authenticity that you in fact own the physical object that's on your shelf. Why people would doubt that you own the physical figure that's on your shelf without this NFT is beyond me. But for $30 more, you can get this digital NFT that proves you own the the action figure that's on your shelf. So on one hand, we have Minecraft, a game all about stripping the land of all of its natural resources, saying no to NFTs which is a digital receipt that constantly consumes electricity to maintain itself. And here we have Final Fantasy VII, a game all about stopping an evil corporation from stripping all of the natural resources out of the planet that is pro-NFTs, which is a digital certificate that constantly consumes electricity. There's a weird sense of irony in all this. But here's the best part. You don't need me to tell you how bad NFTs are. We can actually go to a much better source for finding out just how bad NFTs are. And that source is Square Enix itself. Don't believe me? Well, on the actual page for the Cloud Strife action figure, you have a section called Caution Before Purchasing you know it's going to be good when you're given a caution before purchasing and 
the section is not just choking hazard. All right? Why don't we explore it together? Caution before purchasing. The following is straight off the Square Enix store for North America, read word for word. Point. Digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure are NFT products managed on the blockchain. Point. Engine's effigy, at least that's how E-N-G-I-N apostrophe S. But yeah, Engine's affinity will be used for the blockchain. Point. Token ID and other system IDs are automatically assigned at the time of issuance and cannot be selected arbitrarily. Point. Please note that returns will not be accepted after the package is opened. Point. All copyright, patent, patent rights, trademark rights, and other proprietary rights related to the digital certificate and authenticity and digital versions of the figure are property of Square Enix, except as permitted by law or otherwise provided, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know that one. All right, moving on. Point. At the time of release, the, di- the digital certificate of authenticity and digital versions of the figure are not supported on marketplace and cannot be transferred or sold to a third party. Let me repeat that. At time of product release, the digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure are not supported on marketplace and cannot be transferred or sold to a third party. Let me interject. The whole point of an NFT, as every single stupid crypto bro has tried to say, about crypt about nfts is that the whole point of it is that you get the nft it is a non-fungible token that shows you have ownership of that thing and thus it will increase in value and you can sell it later for a profit one of the biggest selling points of an nft is profit 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 which i think is dumb because in order for you to make a profit there has to be value in the product itself But of course, there isn't any at all. And then to make matters even worse, you cannot sell this NFT. The one NFT from Square Enix, after all their praising of how Web3 is the future, NFTs are the future, you cannot sell this certificate. So not only have they been dumb enough to buy into the entire Web3 craze but they're so dumb they're not gonna let you do the one thing that everyone says nft nfts were built for the cautionary page continues point redemption start and end dates for the digital certificate of authenticity and digital versions of the figure will be announced at a later date so you pay us 160 dollars now and you'll get the useless digital certificate later great first impression we're making there continues point please note that any attempt to redeem digital certificate authenticity and digital version of the figure after the redemption end date cannot be accepted for any reason point there is no restriction on the number of digital cards and digital versions of the figure that can be redeemed by an user once all figures are sold out there will be no additional exchange tickets issued 
point to redeem a digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure engine wallet app will be required you are also required to create an account free with engine nft platform and agree to their terms and conditions available at here point please check with the service pro provider regarding engine wallet app such as compatible device and such as compatible devices etc please refer to the terms of service of the engine wallet app and the engine wallet terms of service for more information click here point square enix co will not be held responsible for any ser services provided by third-party entities point warning in big bold letters in case the engine services becomes unavailable in the future you may lose access to the nft digital certificate of authenticity and digital versions of the figure slow freaking clap by the by this service you've never heard of and actually I'll, I'll admit i have never heard of engine before i have no idea how reliable they're going to be but you know they have a partnership with square so they'll probably last a while right but there you go all the reasons not buy in to an nft listed by the company trying to sell you an nft oh and you know what's even better you thought for a minute that it's okay because engine's going to be there for a while they have the full support of square enix right none of this is available yet you cannot buy this nft yet nor can you buy the actual figure yet this is all a pre-order it'll be available in november november of next year are you kidding me so the first nft that square is trying to sell first off is connected with a real physical product which i'll admit if i'm going to be spending money i'd rather have something physical not just a digital nothing that's connected to nothing i can't get over the fact that it's all about nothing but it's over a year away none of this is available for 16 months you can't even get the you can't get the action figure or the nft for another 16 months engine could be gone by then have you seen how quickly a lot of these blockchain nft and dis distro systems have been crashing and falling and completely collapsing around themselves oh celsius the the crypto bank that's not a bank and is out for the commonplace gone luna token the latest and greatest thing in crypto gone collapsed and taking down a large chunk of crypto with it and those are just the two biggest ones as of late there are tons upon tons upon tons of smaller ones the fact that square thinks they have this much faith in and i'll, I'll tell you here's my bold prediction i think engine's going to be gone by the time this comes out that's what i think now if you just want the figure by all means go get the figure save yourself 30 dollars. don't even bother with the nft this nft is the most useless nft possible and you know what i haven't heard yet mostly because they don't talk to me no one not a single soul is trying to defend this 
No Square Enix fanboy is trying to defend this. Not a single one. No crypto bro is trying to defend this. But you know what? At least Square has an entire 16 months to rethink their life before this launches. That being said, though, I said this on the early bird briefing, and I'll say it again. The current Square Enix CEO needs to very drastically rethink his stance on Web3 content, crypto, NFT, blockchain gaming, or he needs to step down. Because right now his pushes for a lot of these games being heavily, heavily, heavily microtransaction to the point where they're unidentifiable is killing Square Enix's reputation. Absolutely killing it. And right now that's all Square has. They have a reputation for being the best JRPG storytellers in the industry. You can agree with that statement, whether they are or aren't all you'd like, but that's not the point. The point is that's their reputation. And right now, the only thing that is, that is letting people have any kind of faith in them is the meme that is Strange as a Paradise and the absolute gem that is Final Fantasy XIV. That is it. Everything else has been just a nightmare out of Square lately. And if this CEO continues to try and push this sort of stuff, only thinking about the bottom line, he is going to ruin Square Enix and turn their reputation into just being the Japanese equivalent of electronic arts. Yeah, but electronic arts is still around. Yeah, and look how much, uh, look how many good releases they've had. Look how much money they're raking in. Good in the short term. Terrible. Underline, terrible in the long run. And when you are a company, you must think in the long run. Or else, you're going to end up just being another shriveled husk of a company like Activision Blizzard being bought up by Microsoft and all their fans hoping that Microsoft whips them into shape. And I don't want to see that happen to Square. The CEO either needs to retract his position on Web 3.0 and blockchain technology, or he needs to step down or be ousted. And it needs to happen quick. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we have a lot more to talk about, including some investigative work being done by the FTC, some plans for the FCC regarding the internet, as well as Meta being sued by Meta. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So, it is no secret that the VPN industry has been a little... I don't know about you. The VPN industry has always felt like it's it's rubbed me the wrong way. Like it's always felt like the VPN industry has had something to hide, you know? 
Just install ours, nobody else's, and we'll keep you safe. And then, of course, you find out ones like NordVPN had a big thing where, in fact, no, no, never mind. No, sa no safety at all. Lol. Well, the FTC, probably originally inspired by the knowledge from NordVPN a couple of years ago that they weren't exactly on the up and up, has now, a little late to the party, has begun an investigation to curtail abuse and deceptive practices within the VPN industry. All right, let's be honest. Who, who's actually shocked by this? Who, who is shocked that there could in fact be abusive and deceptive practices within the VPN industry? No one, anyone, anyone surprised? Bueller, 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 Bueller. No, of course not. We're not that all that surprised at all. What is surprising is the fact that the FTC is actually looking into it. Because normally the FTC, they always kind of seem like they just, they bring down rules and then just only enforce them often enough to make people think, yeah, we should probably obey them. And that's basically it. For the FTC to actually take a active role in this is a little bit surprising so we'll just have to wait and see if this investigative report leads to anything someone in chat asks if they even find this stuff does the ftc have the teeth to do anything about it they do but they don't so here's the thing if the ftc finds that anything that these vpns are doing violates current law or FTC rules, they can issue a fine. If they're fine, some of these practices are morally bad, but not against any rules, what they will then do is then draft up new rules, send them off to Congress to be approved, and then tell all these VPNs you have X amount of days to comply with these rules or you'll be issued fines. Now, some of the details might actually be incorrect in what I just said, but that's about the gist of how that works. Because Congress does have oversight over the FTC, any new rules that are put in has to be approved. And, well, yeah, you see the problem. It has to go through Congress. So we'll have to wait and see how that all goes down. You actually would be surprised if... um that sort of thing happens. Someone says in chat, in, in before SCOTUS decides the FTC doesn't have the authority to issue fines or suggest new, new rules, they'd have a very hard time proving that. Considering the fact that there already is, like, in the law that gave the existence of the FTC, it directly saying they have to report back to Congress. You'd have to come up with one kind of very strange rule to try and go against that that wouldn't start a chain reaction of other lawsuits contradicting it'd be a huge mess but again tech podcast not a political one and also not a constitutional scholar someone in chat says if you continue this we'll write you a stern letter uh no that's other ones although speaking of stern letters there actually is a stern letter that is being contemplated right now from the F 
CC. And that's in regards to what is what is considered high-speed broadband. So here in the U.S., in order to have your internet service provider sell you a service that is considered high-speed, it must reach certain requirements. The old standard for what's considered high-speed broadband is 25 megabits per second down and 3 megabits per second up. And honestly, to be perfectly honest, um, for the average person, these kind of speeds are fine. You'll have serviceable internet, but it won't be the best. But it's not going to be unusable. For me personally, I could deal with 25 down, but that 3 up, I couldn't actually do what I do on Twitch at that speed. The FCC, however, now is looking to increase the minimum speeds to be classified for high-speed internet to be 200 down, I'm sorry, 100 down and 20 up. 100 down in my neck of the woods? I actually don't think you can, where I am right now, oh, you know, I take that back. I can get slower. AT&T in my area for my building could only provide 30 down and four up. So I went with the other provider that was in my area, which offered 300 down and 10 up. 100 down, that's more than enough for, for, again, the average person. If you're a power user, that's another story altogether. That 20 up, though, I'm not going to lie, I want. I want that 20 up. Upload speeds, for whatever reason, here in the U.S., they throttle heavily. In fact, one of our European viewers in the chat just chuckled at the thought of, you only get 10 up, LOL. Yeah, it makes no sense. 300 down, but only 10 up. What the heck? They're saying their ISP out, out there is 100 down, 40 up. Dude, I want that up. I do think that modern internet here in the U.S. really, really should have more upload speed than it does currently. Like, I would much rather see just symmetrical speeds being commonplace because you use upload speed now way more than we did in the past like way more than you'd think especially during the pandemic when everyone tried to work from home and other people successfully worked from home and other people played mmos while pretending to be in a meeting those upload speeds are critical in that kind of environment someone in chat says the u.s is totally against dsl for some reason we're not against it. It's just that DSL that's used is really slow. It's, it's complicated the way they do it. But yeah, it's rare to see like uh, what's, what's referred to is a direct service line. Most people, when they think of, of DSL here in the States, they think of a dedicated phone line just for internet, which is not the case anymore. Like no one uses like a DSL phone line. No one does. But I do want to see those speeds increased drastically. 
So I, for one, am, I, for one, really do want to see this improved. I do want to see this get passed because it is something that does need to happen. It really, really does. All right. Shifting gears from the FCC over to Meta being sued by Meta for changing their name to Meta. Does this sound incredibly Meta to you yet? Well, let's explain it. So Meta is a company that was formerly known as Facebook. They changed their name to Meta as they're trying to push the Metaverse into being the new hotness that they have complete control over. Sounds good, right? I mean, other than the fact that no one wants the Metaverse, makes sense so far, right? But there's another company called Meta who works as a digital arts brand. Specifically, they work on creating immersive installation experiences that, quote, engage audiences for, yeah, 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 for leading artists, brands, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, digital arts company. That's what Meta is. Originally, they were known as Meta X, but they changed their name before Meta changed their name to just Meta. So now, Meta is... Meta, formerly Meta X, is suing Meta, formerly Facebook, because Meta, formerly Facebook, changed her name from Facebook to Meta and is now infringing on their trademark of Meta. Did everyone follow that? Is there anyone who is incredibly confused? Everyone following so far? Now, personally, I really, really, really really want to see Meta lose this case so that they are forced to change their name and pay a fine. I really, really do. All right. You want my honest opinion, though? Unfortunately, and I have to be honest here, I don't think Meta is going to win. I don't. I think Meta is not going to be found infringing on Meta's trademark. Because they are in two different industries. One is in the digital arts industries. And the other is a social media platform. You see this kind of thing fairly often. Like, let's say I went ahead and opened up a restaurant called Best Buy. It'd be a stupid name for for a restaurant. But let's say, for whatever reason, I went and smoked all of it and named my restaurant Best Buy. It's the best buy for your money for food or something but there's already an electronic store called best buy well because they're in two separate industries there is no potential confusion between the two and thus there is no trademark or damages that is being infringed upon that is how past law has sought now these two industries are close social media is in the end a business of selling ads. The other meta, originally Meta X, is directly in the business of creating ads. That can be enough to go ahead and say that that can cause confusion in the industry and is an infringement of trademark, and thus Meta would be forced to change its name and pay a fine. It's possible it could go that way. I don't think it will because it is very, very rare 
that a case like that actually does end up going in favor of the old company. But all we'd have to do is wait and see how it goes. Everyone's going to be keeping an eye on that, obviously. So we'll just see how things go. In the meantime, I want to give an update on one of our favorite computer building companies out there. Let's talk for a minute about our good friends, Mr. Artesian Builds. Now, Gamers Nexus did an amazing piece of journalism and docu- did an amazing piece of journalism and a documentary on what has happened with Artisan Builds. And I do strongly recommend, if you've got the time, go watch it, because they go into way much more detail on this than I can. But basically, Artisan Builds is no more. I'm sorry, Artesian Builds. It doesn't matter. They don't exist anymore. Their company is now gone. They have restructured as as Artesian Builds Holding and are currently in the process of selling their all of their equipment and builds in progress and potentially PCs that were in holding to repair from customers to repay their debts. And they had a lot of debts. That clown that went ahead on their Twitch stream and broke sweepstake laws That didn't do them in, but that didn't help either. They have been so badly mismanaged that in fact, even if they didn't violate sweepstake laws that day, they were probably still doomed for bankruptcy and failure. That is just the nature of how they were. They are no more, they are gone, and they'll forever be known as a reason to go ahead and keep an eye on how you're handling things. But that's them. Artesian Builds is now history. But now we have a new strange computer company to keep an eye on. It is one by the name of Overkill Computers. A TikToker by the name of Circuit Board, board spelled B-O-R-E-D-D has pointed out on his TikTok channel that in fact the Overkill Computers is overcharging for their PCs component per component to the tune of almost double for what their actual MSRP is. Now here's the thing with this. Um... These kind of boutique builders are kind of known for going ahead and charging a premium because you're getting a very premium product. You are getting the build experience of very high-end experienced builders to build your PC. Like if you're someone who's actually very familiar with components and actually has passion for what you do, you're not going to go to a boutique builder. You're going to go ahead and actually do it yourself because you like that sort of thing. It's what I would do too, assuming I actually had money. 
But here's the thing with their computers. They're not that great. It's one thing that someone in chat says, Apple overcharges for that too. But at least then with Apple, first off, you're getting their ecosystem, which is a premium. But then also, let's be perfectly honest. The, the design of the Mac Pro, with the exception of the trash can, has been phenomenal. It is elegant in its design. Granted, not very serviceable for certain components, but still sleek on the inside as it is on the outside. It is a marvel. I I will look at the Power PC or the Power Max and the Mac Pros and just be like, you know, part of me wishes I could afford that. And also I'd rather not be in the Mac ecosystem. But it's it's freaking expensive. There is that to consider. In the case of overkill computers, by the way, um what you're getting is something I could build in a matter of a couple of hours. It is a stock case with a stock GPU with stock fans, maybe slightly upgraded, with a stock all-in-one water cooler for some of the highest prices out there. For example, we have here one computer. Oh, and by the way, the other thing that is an absolute crime, or at least should be, is their website. Their actual website to actually navigate is atrocious. First off, if you go to their website, first thing you see is a little paragraph and a very sleek looking, strange, custom, water-cooled, hardline build that's purple for some reason, or actually more magenta, saying, quote, unleash the beast, customize yours, and overkill, we pride ourselves on hand-built custom PCs. That that means from beginning to end, you deal with the tech b- <laughs> with the tech building your PC. We update you on the progress and the final build. And the, you, you get the idea. They're trying to go ahead and sell the whole thing on why theirs is just the best. We build this PC like no one else can. But then you go to the game, the gaming PC section and I have never been this confused navigating a website since I went to freaking Tiger Direct. You are greeted to a section that says raid a game line, the armory, and the forge. What in the heck does any of this mean? What does ready to game mean? I don't know. What the heck does that mean? I have no idea. What does the armory mean? I don't know. What's the difference between the armory and the ready to game ones? I don't know. Cause I look at both of them and they, both of them seem to be just off the shelf components, except for this Vulcan one, which looks like it's made with soft line tu- tubing. But then I go down to the forge. What's the forge? I don't know if we're trying to go with overkill weapons and all that sort of jazz. Oh, so these are the bills that are not finished yet because they're still in the freaking forge. So these are the unfinished computers. No, these are clearly the highest end ones. The ones that are the wackiest because I can see from the inside of them, we have hardline tubing in all of them with distro plates. Even though when push comes to shove, it's still all off the shelf parts. But then we get down to at the very, and here's the other thing with the forge. They're all project something, some with colons and ones without. Like what the heck? 
are they finished are they finished or not because when anyone calls something their project it's still a work in progress oh but here's my favorite here's my favorite and it's the favorite of the chat too because they're trying to get me to get to it but i am going on this rant and you can't stop me midway there's no way you're gonna stop me because this rant has been coming ever since i found out about this story we have project unknown for ten thousand dollars this build isn't for the faint of heart we take your design ideas and create something truly custom and that's gonna cost ten thousand dollars you haven't even heard my idea yet how could you know what it's gonna cost <laughs> if this is gonna be they give us a concept and we'll go ahead and and just build something for it the price should be ten thousand dollars the price should be ask us <laughs> so already both as a pc builder myself and as a business owner this whole thing is a giant colossal mess what is 10k gonna get me is it gonna get me two freaking epic processors and four 3090s that can't SLI, sli with each other because sli is dead is it gonna get me a petabyte of freaking nvme u.2 storage we don't know and of course if we scroll down all we're gonna get is the shipping information on this thing because they can't give you the information because it's all based on whatever the flying frick you go ahead and fill into an email and send it off what the heck wow but in any case just because one person on tiktok says that their prices are outlandish and granted at first at first glance they are very outlandish and some of these pcs it is very difficult to justify their price but there are some like this supposed project overdrive which is i've seen this case before this uh this as a like almost engine looking case it is a cool looking case i will give them that that building in something like that should cost a premium because that is not an easy case to work with that i get but sixty two hundred dollars for specs we can't even customize is kind of rough the specs you get by the way are a 3080 ti a ryzen 3950x 64 gigabytes of ram a thousand watt power supply and two terabytes of m.2 storage what i don't get is that if you're going to be working with me from start to start to finish on the build why the heck is there no option to customize this what the heck and the fact that every single one of these also has their financing here, the, the pre-qualify with a firm. Ah, yes, a firm. The same a firm that works with uh, Carvana, a company that is more focused on selling, le uh, selling loans to people who can't afford, afford them than selling cars. That's who you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great great that's that's the name we want to see but in any case let's pretend for a second that we're actually going to be reasonable all right i actually went ahead and chose for the baseline this project nebula pc a three thousand eight hundred forty seven dollar pc that you actually can customize it uses a core i9 12900k which is a 16 core processor a rtx 3070 ti a one terabyte nvme ssd and 32 gigs of ram i actually went ahead and oh i actually can't go lower i'll have to go and actually alter all the other builds i did 
So how does this compare with other builds? Well, let's look at the boutique builders first. Let's go to, oh, I don't know. How about Falcon Northwest? I should actually also note that apparently the RAM being used is DDR4, not DDR5. There is no option to have DDR5 for reasons that cannot be explained. That's already a very strange decision as well. I didn't even catch that. Thank you, chat. So I went to Falcon Northwest and looked for a build. The build I ended up going with was around the same price, but at least there you get custom work done to it, such as, you know, the logo, custom paint, things etched directly into the glass. You can customize all of this for about the same price from Falcon Northwest. If I go to Main Gear, one of the other more notorious builders, also one that is very, that is very much higher end, that went ahead and reset all of my build options. So let's go ahead and just quickly set up everything again. Go with the 12900K again, the 1370Ti again, the RAM again, also DDR4 for some reason, odd, and then upgrade the power supply so it's about the same, and we end up with 3724, which is, again, cheaper than Overkill. And this is Main Gear. Main Gear is notorious for selling overpriced boutique systems. Okay, what about Origin PC? They're also a big boutique builder. Well, and again, their system also went ahead and reset on me. So we're gonna go quickly, go ahead and customize all that too. Go back to Intel, go for the 2900K, 32 gigs of RAM. Make sure we have an all-in-one cooler, just like on the other system. We'll go with our GB fans. Gonna make sure we have an RTX 3070 Ti. Make sure we have a, what is it, two terabyte drive? Two terabyte drive. I'm actually not sure if it is a two terabyte or not. One terabyte, my bad. We go to a one terabyte drive and that one we get for $3,016. And on top of that, this time we are using DDR5. So we're actually, you know, current. Wow. Nah, but we can go cheaper, right? We can go with CyberPower. And I think that one also reset on me. Whatever, just trust me. CyberPower is way cheaper too. You get the point. While circuit boards claim that, oh, they're charging double, they are, but they're about in line with other boutique builders, but they are still way more expensive than other established boutique builders. These guys are basically unknown and offer no benefit for that price. There's no custom etched glass. You can even get custom etched glass with CyberPower. And they're considered bottom tier for boutique builders. The other ones get automotive paint. Automotive grade paint on your PC. Overkill? Nope. None of that. They are a company that is being very mismanaged. They need to rethink how they are operating. And of course, 
I couldn't help but dig deeper into overkill PCs because the one thing that kept driving me nuts was in fact the way they laid out their website, the way that the gaming PCs system is laid out. Because here's the crazy thing. We have that project unknown, right? So that's clearly the custom request form, right? Wrong. There is a custom request form. There's a separate section to go ahead and put in a custom request. So we got two sections doing the same and the things don't even match. What the heck? Well, maybe we can get more answers from their social feed. Ah, but this is where things get crazier. Because their social feed <coughs> looks like it's something you'd expect from an influencer. Someone in chat noticed on the re custom request that there was a charge of $45. Yeah, there was a charge of $45 to make sure that you're an honest person, that you're actually interested for putting in a, a personal, for putting in a custom request. It, that's not all that uncommon for a builder of any kind to say like, look, if you want to go ahead and have us uh, make something custom for you, you need to put money down rather than just ghosting us halfway through. That's actually more reasonable than you just, than you'd guess. But back to their social feed, we have a YouTube, we have a TikTok, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitch, we have a Discord, we have a Facebook, we have a Twitter. Holy cow. It's like they're trying to be a Twitch celebrity, just like Artesian builds. But then there's something that sticks out like a sore thumb. They have a Patreon. You are a company that builds PCs. And you have a Patreon. Patreon, for those who don't know is something that's used by content creators to try and offer additional content to people for, for an additional amount per month. Like you see some content creators, I know one that um, will give access to crazy sound effects during their live broadcast to people who subscribe to the Patreon. Others go ahead and have like behind the scene videos that are only available on something like a Patreon some artists will, will go ahead and give access to their web comment comics like weeks ahead of time before their actual launch on their Patreon. It's something you see normally for content creators of some kind. These guys make their income by building computers, but they have a Patreon and they have three levels of this Patreon. And what they offer for this Patreon is insulting. For $10 a month, you get access to Discord benefits, whatever the heck that is. But you also get access to the PC building live streams. Okay. The gaming live streams. Who the heck are you that you think you can go ahead and charge monthly to view gaming live streams? That's my question. Like, holy cow. You got to have the biggest ego on the planet to think you can charge $10 a month for access to gaming live streams. First class Discord chat and a first class Discord title for $10 a month. I'm sorry. You know what else you can get for $10 a month? Oh boy. Like, I don't know. Hulu, Netflix, probably not Netflix anymore. That is, uh, that's not a whole lot of value for $10 a month. For example, the subscription for this podcast there's only one tier. It's a dollar a month. That's it. And that's for additional content. Usually. We're reevaluating it, to be perfectly honest.
Anyway, back to the point. They then have a second tier for $15 a month. It includes live Q&As and behind the scenes content for $15 a month. But then, and then, and then on top of that, you get all the $10 ones. Then for $35 a month, $35 a month, you get the Elite Overkill CEO Discord stream and chat only available for $35 a month. Sneak peeks at upcoming giveaways behind this. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. It's just those two and then everything else for $35 a month. How big of an ego do you have to think that your streams to a chat are worth an additional $20 a month on top of everything else you talk about? This pretty much tells you everything you know about this company. The fact that they are showcasing multiple thousand dollar builds that are heavily overpriced and offer nothing but off-the-shelf components but then to also try to go ahead and justify a $35 a month patreon for all of this is insane absolutely completely utterly insane but hey everyone i'm lucas the owner of overkill computer that's not i'm sorry for that didn't mean to like play right away that's not the craziest part about this. Oh, no, 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 no. The crazy part about, craziest part about all of this is, in fact, that when Circuit Board went ahead and pointed out the price problem with these builds, which honestly isn't terrible, but is still pretty bad. Nowhere near as bad as Circuit Board made it sound, but still bad. The CEO and his thin-skinned self an overinflated ego had to go and respond to this. To which, because there's no written version, I am going to play his actual response and pause it as I see fit and need to interject. All right, let's go. Let's hear from him. Hey everyone, I'm Lucas, the owner of Overkill Computers, and right now I'm going to touch on a few key topics. Number one is keeping customers' money for six plus months during COVID. Two is going to be gaming PCs that we give to people. Number three is going to be non-disclosure agreements. Four is employees. And lastly, we're going to touch on prices. So let's go. During COVID, we were in a situation like many people were. We couldn't get parts we needed for builds. We had over 75 plus customers that we could not get parts for right away. And we had no way of knowing how long it would be before we got allocations. Because we couldn't fulfill orders, we right away turned off the ability for customers to purchase on the website. We actually had this offer several months and we hand called customers one by one to see if they wanted to stick with us for their builds. We gave them two options. We said, you could either stick with us. We don't know how long it's going to be. If you get an opportunity to upgrade, we'll let you know. If we have a better piece of hardware or a downgrade, we'll let you know. That may expedite your order. And customers have the choice whether to actually get the build or get a refund. And out of 75-plus customers, only a few of them actually decided to get a refund on their order. How All right, we'll, we'll interject there for a minute. Now, so far, everything's pretty normal. All right. Like, honestly, that would be the exact way I would handle a very similar situation as well. So, so far, no real weirdness going on there. The fact that this had to be addressed does raise an eyebrow, but we'll see. 
I do wonder if what he's saying is correct. Because if it, if what he's saying is correct, if this is all true, this wouldn't need to be said at all. So we'll continue. However, all the customers who had pending orders could not be considered usable revenue because we hadn't done the build yet. So we had to figure out another way to operate and another way to pay employees and overhead. During COVID, lots of businesses had to get creative. So that's kind of what we did. We doubled down on the things that we do best, making videos, marketing, and giving gaming PCs to people like you. Big. Let me interject for a minute here. Now we have problems. If you are a business in the middle of COVID and you can't get your stock, yeah, you have to get creative. How is giving away computers helping you? The whole point of while you're trying to control your funds during a time like the pandemic and during the lockdown when supply is short, you don't give away what you got. What the heck are you thinking? Oh, but it's helping to build the community. Figure other things out, dude. To go ahead and like not fill orders, but don't worry, we're gonna go ahead and and give away PCs rather than fulfill the orders we got, dude. Dude, no. You need to first consider if you're gonna go ahead and make videos and whatnot. Then maybe that's what you do focus on. Maybe that was how the Patreon got started and whatnot. Maybe you go ahead and do some videos like, oh, I don't know. Talk about how to build a scrapyard PC. It's what I run on here too. I run two used HP workstations that were destined for the scrapyard. You don't give away PCs during a time when supply is low. That's the worst possible thing you could do. Anyway, back to the clip. Companies would pay us to make these videos, we would have hardware sponsors, and we would just make sure that we would provide those free PCs. And I'm proud of it. No other for-profit business has given away as many gaming PCs as we have. It's been a blessing for Overkill, both putting smiles on people's faces and all of the connections we made along the way. But this brings us to the topic of NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Okay, okay, before he gets to that, uh, let, me, let me then just reiterate. Apparently I picked the worst time to pause. If the giveaways are all 100% sponsored, that they couldn't do anything with the PC other than give it away that was provided by, say, Intel or AMD or something like that, okay, fine, I get that. I get that. But if you're running on, like like I said, if you, if you have a stock problem and you're giving stuff away to build community, you are doing it wrong. 100%. Anyway, NDAs. This is going to get good. People have been talking about NDAs as if it's some uncommon out-of-line practice, when in fact, it actually isn't. When companies like ours do big deals with big companies and have marketing and video projects and things that aren't released yet, we have a 12-month cycle of secret projects and things planned ahead. And in the case if an employee decides to leave or in the unfortunate event that one gets terminated, we have to protect Overkill's intellectual property. I don't force people... Let me interject. Like what? You're a PC builder. Are you a PC builder? Or are you an R&D company? Or are you trying to be Linus Tech Tips? I have been ranting on this with Elon Musk for a long time now. About how Elon just goes way off and just scatter shots out in the middle of nowhere. 
Oh, we're going to go ahead and build a tunnel un un under Los Angeles. Oh, we're going to go ahead and launch rockets to the moon. Oh, we're going to make electric cars. Oh, we're going to make an electric semi that has no sleeper in it. Wait, no, that's a bad idea. We're going to go ahead and go and plant neurochips in people's brains. Oh, we're going to go ahead and make cat girls real. Focus, dude. You have you're trying to do so many different things and you're going to end up doing none of them right. So far, the only thing Elon has that's actually doing well right now, that's actually accomplishing its mission, is SpaceX. Tesla hasn't launched a new car in forever. The ones they do have are getting more and more inoperable for the sake of minimalist because someone wasn't told no bad. Let's put half a steering wheel on the stock, see what happens. No bad. No, no. It's the same with this guy. Oh, we're making great incredible pc builds are secret and part of intellectual property again are you linus tech tips or are you trying to be a competitor to origin pc are you trying to compete with falcon northwest are you trying to compete with main gear or are you trying to be the next linus tech tips pick a lane and stick to it because right now you're just all over the place but yeah ndas are not uncommon if there's a reason to justify them people to sign them but when people come work here at overkill computers they have a choice they can either sign the nda or they can find another place to work this brings me to the last topic we get lots of views and henceforth have some haters we also have past employees with opinion oh here we go here we go we have haters we are perfect and flawless and any criticism against us they're just haters Maybe it might just be because I've been on a big kitchen nightmares binge lately dur during what little time I have to relax. But man, that is like the downfall of like every single restaurant on there that's doomed for failure. They assume that everything they do is, is flawless and never look internally whenever so-called haters get to them. Oh no, we're perfect. You're just a hater. As they go in microwave easy Mac. It's perfect. So already this raises a big red flag. Opinions on what we do. And unfortunately, we have one employee that has made it his mission to defame overkill computers. And to those people, I would say what you're doing in darkness will soon come to light. And it is. It is coming to light. I just showed it. That what you're selling right now is entirely way too high price you have priced yourself completely out of the competitive market but to say you have one rogue 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 employee and what have they done exactly well maybe they'll go to it and as a marine vet i have a lot more respect for people who aren't cowards wow that was an incredible line to just pause back into we have a we have a marine vet who dislikes cowards but insists on having people sign an NDA to not reveal what's going on behind the curtain. Y you, you don't see a little bit of irony in that at all. And to go ahead and try to say, oh, but NDAs are normal. Not in my place. A lot of places actually don't use NDAs. A lot of places that go ahead and use specialized equipment or specialized techniques, they'll go ahead and use NDAs. You, however, appear to just be a small man who can't build a website or can't run a company or can't 
proofread. But we'll continue. Now, I know without a doubt, all my employees here love what they do. They give and get respect. I personally... So, I'm sorry to pause it again. The point of, I know all my employees like it here. Let me tell you a secret. When you are the owner, when you are the CEO, when you're the head honcho, no one is going to tell you, I hate it, here to your face. I'll tell right now, one of the main reasons that I go ahead and I have middle management is because people are too afraid to bring their grievances to the man who signs their check or the woman who signs their check. Even if it's someone like I personally would rather people just come, come to me with their problems and say, okay, we'll work on it. You know, let me go draft up something. We'll go ahead and we'll take care of the problem. I'm a person who is not afraid to hear those sort of things. And I'm not going to go ahead and retaliate against anyone. But the fact is, because I sign checks, because I sign their paychecks, people are going to be afraid to tell me directly. They are much more comfortable telling it to a middle manager who will then tell me and I'll say, okay, I'll go handle it. Even though we're a small team, I have middle managers for that reason. So for this guy, oh, everyone loves working here. No, I've got no complaints. You have no idea, do you? Holy cow. You are absolutely clueless. Oh boy. Finally go above and beyond to make sure they're taken care of. And lastly, let's talk about prices. We oh, don't boy. and will never price ourselves at the lowest possible profit margin. And as a matter of fact, sometimes we actually raise our prices just to slow down how many orders are coming through. I'm sorry, what? Dude, you don't say that out loud. What is wrong with you? So, recently at our work, we've had a very similar situation. We are currently drastically short-staffed. I am trying to fill those staff positions right now and having trouble finding people who are willing to go ahead and just... arrived at the interview on time i know i'm surprised by that too you can in fact raise the prices to slow down orders you're never dumb enough to admit that because that is just no you don't do that what you can do instead is be honest with the customer say hey i'm sorry we have way more work that we can handle right now your order will be delayed by X amount of weeks because there's just that much of a backlog. That is the correct answer. You can raise prices to go ahead and reduce demand, but that is a terrible business decision on multiple levels because first off, it drives away a potential customer and they'll never return again, ever, because they just assume you're way too high priced. We're never going to go ahead and mark ourselves down at the lowest enter... Even Main Gear has an entry-level low-end PC. Your direct competition is doing it, and that's... All right, moving on. It's a simple case of supply and demand. It's a simple case... I don't want to build thousands of gaming PCs a month. I'd rather build hundreds of gaming PCs a month for people who love what we do and our brand. The people that keep saying we need to do PC builds for $300 profit... They can get a computer somewhere else or maybe learn how to build their own gaming PC. 
Now, I prefer to project loving kindness. But the moral of the story is, don't just assume you know everything and jump on some kind of hate train. You just don't know other people's struggles and what they've been through. I have been building computers since I was around 12 years old, and even throughout the Marine Corps, I kept up my passion for electronics and building PCs. Mm -hmm. Working in electronic countermeasures for the Marines, I learned very... You notice how he's playing the Marine card a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, way more than what's socially acceptable. Yeah, you were in the Marines. Good job. Now please try to learn some actual business practices. Because to go ahead and jack up prices for the sake of reducing demand is bad business practices, man. Just go ahead and... Well, first off, I mean, we're not going to go ahead and make a gaming PC that's only $300 markup. Why not? If your demand is as high as you think it is, as you say it is, why wouldn't you go ahead and offer a low-cost option that is easy to, easy to reproduce but still gets that good quality? All you're doing is using off-the-shelf components anyway. Why not go ahead and offer that low-end low product to, get, to give that op option to people that say, hey, we can offer this, but if you want the, the higher-end stuff, you know, it's going to be a wait. Again, this again, this might just be because I've been on a big kitchen nightmares rerun kick, but people will wait for a good product. Just say, look, it's going to be this long of a wait. If you want it, put a deposit down and we'll go ahead and do it. But it's going to be a while. The choice is up to you. You don't have to go ahead and jack up your costs by a metric ton. Especially since your so-called top-tier stuff, for the most part, is in fact just, oh, I don't know, off-the-shelf components? Considering I can identify every single computer case you have shown on your site? Main gear, you're not. We're not even etching anything in, into the side glass. We're not adding custom paint or anything. You're building with off-the-shelf components. The only thing that's custom, as far as I can tell, is custom water cooling loops. And that's it. And guess what? Based on what they're showing, Main Gear does it better for cheaper. If you want to try and say you have quality, you're being outdone by your competitor for less. The only thing they have going for them is that apparently they're trying to be a Twitch streamer on the side. Skills. I truly have bled to get where I am today. I don't take kindly to defamation and unwarranted attacks. And for a time, I may move in silence and put chess pieces in place. But you can rest assured if you threaten my business, my family, and my livelihood, I will utilize every resource at my disposal to arrange a coordinated and effective response. That wraps it up overkill out all right nice menacing message at, at, at the end there so the other thing of course is that he's filing a cease and desist against one person who is not a former employee at all and here's what i'll say i doubt he will ever hear this podcast i know where i am in, in the world of media I am a small little content creator in my own little corner of the internet. 
very rarely am I ever heard. And when push comes to shove, yeah. Both my own personal business and my hobby of being a content creator is small compared to overkill computers. But I will be blunt. This man is a small, pathetic man. To hide behind the credentials of his action, his time in the Marines, comes off as petty. The fact that he would go ahead and attack back at critics shows his weakness at just how much of a small, cowardly, weak little man he is. Straight up. And as far as hearing about this company for the very first time and observing it to see if this other person that I also know almost nothing about the guy and where he stands, I see Overkill Computers as a company that is also very small, pathetic, and for the most part, doesn't really bring anything of actual interest to the table of PC building. In fact, everything about them just says that they are a competitor to Main Gear and Falcon Northwest, but provide no benefit to it whatsoever. They are a business that is being poorly mismanaged and threatening their critics is awful. There's no other way to say it. And you know what? If I wake up one morning and I see a cease and desist from this clown, I will report on it. I will outright report on it. Straight up. And then follow through with it. Because here's going to be the thing. You have nothing on me. I have proven all of my opinions and how I came to them within this podcast. You have no NDA control over me. I have not signed any NDNA. An NDA. Nor has the person they are threatening. They have made a general threat to people like me. They have made a general threat to anyone else that could be listening to this that also is forming their own opinion. And they have made a legal threat to circuit board themselves. I have I am not gonna make it my mission to destroy this company. I have no reason to. Because they are run by a small pathetic man. They will eventually just ruin themselves because they are already mismanaging themselves to no end. I will say, if they want to try and survive in a very competitive space, they need to drastically rethink how they're doing this. Because at the rate they're going, this clown is going to go ahead and share a cup of coffee with Noah from Artesian Builds as all of their stuff is being auctioned off to repay debts. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have uh, we have to talk about the heat wave and how it affected quite a lot in uh in the space of data centers and gaming, oddly enough. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so last week we had record heat, mostly over in Europe. Over over here in my neck of the woods, it actually wasn't too bad. It was it was only you know ninety ish, which you know we we, we get here. It, it happens. 
But across the pond, they broke records with close to, I want, and people in the chat are going to have to correct me because I actually don't have it written down. I want to say it reached like 102 Fahrenheit in certain sections. But it, it basically got, um, People in chat are pointing out that I didn't mention it with Fahrenheit or Celsius. Here we got 90 Fahrenheit, which is roughly like, I want to say like 31 or 32 Celsius or something like that. But they're saying 40 Celsius was common, which 40 Celsius converted into Fahrenheit is 104. Okay, I was pretty close. Yeah, it was 40 Kelvin. Nailed, nailed it, chat. First try. Isn't like 40 Kelvin, like, still freezing? In any case, it was getting hot enough. And, of course, because across the pond, air conditioning is not as common in most places. Like, here in the States, AC is not too hard to get your hands on. Like, the pedestal units I have is, I want to say, like, a couple hundred bucks. Was how much I paid for the one that I have here that honestly isn't that great, but it's... It's serviceable, it cools the room. Like, easy. And then, like, the other higher-end one I have was, is, like, it was, like, 350 or something like that. Like, it's not too expensive to get a hold of it, but it is an investment. Across the pond, I want to say it's way more. But I don't know this for a fact. I, this is just, like, things I've been told, like, offhand. But it's basically getting hot enough that, in fact, portable gaming consoles like the Nintendo Switch, Nintendo had to go out and say that using your Nintendo Switch in a hot place can cause the main unit to become too hot to use. Please use it in a place that is between 5 Celsius and 35 degrees Celsius and make sure that the intake ports on the back, those are the two things that look like speaker grills on the back of the device, and the exhaust port on the top, the thing that actually looks like an exhaust port, are freely open in order to function correctly some people have said their switches have been melting but i have a feeling that that's just figurative i don't think any actual switches actually melted someone in chat points out by the way the intake is covered when docked yeah funny thing about that i mean it's not completely blocked you're still gonna get air in but it is the intake is very much impaired very much so whoops Actually, now I want to go grab my switch dock and make sure, because I want to say there is a way for air to get in there. Hold on, I want to double check this. Because, yeah, on the back there is a section where there, where there is some ventilation that can happen. And on the actual... The dock... I No, we're wrong! There is! There is space for air to get through in the dock. There absolutely is. There are two hole, holes for air to get, get through. One is very visible... On the back of the dock, it is just a straight pass-through. And the other one is, is behind the ports, but they have like a little section here with a baffle where air can get through. So no, the air intake is not completely blocked, but it is partially impaired, but it's not blocked. I'm glad I went and checked. Someone in chat says, but, but Eagle, it's blocked off by the lid. The lid doesn't cover it all the way. The lid goes down. If you look at your lid, the top part of it is a U, which does allow for this massive gap for air to go in and out, in addition to the hole in the back 
for for the cabling. So air air can get through. It is impeded. It does block airflow a bit, but it's not a hundred percent blocked. So it's not as bad as we thought. That being said, though, if you have no AC and it's like forty degrees Celsius, yeah, it's still gonna overheat. It's still gonna overheat. It's just inevitable. Now, moving away from the switch, another company also pointed out that their device will in fact have problems in high heat. That of course being the Steam Deck also came out and said that please try to use the Steam Deck only between ambient temperatures of zero and 35 degrees Celsius. Most likely for the exact same reason. I actually wonder which would overheat faster. The Switch or the Steam Deck? That's actually a good question, because the, the Switch fan, the, the SOC in the Switch is not as powerful as it is in the Steam Deck. So the Switch is going to generate less heat, but the fan in the Switch is way worse. The Steam Deck, of course, is a much higher power-consuming device, but its fan is so audible and so high-powered that uh, people have complained about it. I think in the end, the Steam Deck is still going to overheat faster and it's going to be at a higher risk. But I don't know for certain. Someone in chat said we should get Linus to test that out. Yes. Get Linus to test that, test that out. We can't get Linus to make a screwdriver on time. What's the chances are we're going to get Linus to test what overheats faster? I say that and probably right now on the Linus Tech Tips channel, there's that exact same question on the thing. Someone in chat does point out that the Steam, the Switch hasn't throttled, but the Steam Deck can. So we've seen the Switch stutter. We've seen the Switch stutter before on like Breath of the Wild when it first came out. So there, there might be some throttle. I don't know, actually. We've never seen the, the Switch throttle in, under normal circumstances. We've seen it struggle with some games that could be, I don't know. No, because it does have different performance, whether it's docked or not. So it does have some ability to throttle itself, whether it's depending on its power draw. But no, I still think, I, I, I still do agree that I think the Steam Deck would overheat first. But now, but getting back to the heat wave, it's kind of hard for those of us that were like, say, in the States where we only had you know, 32, 33, 34 degrees Celsius temperatures, which granted hot, especially for some of us that don't have working AC in our car and had to go drive around all the place or work in a place like my own where there is no AC and trying to air condition a building like my own work is like throwing an ice cube in a bonfire and hoping it's going to do something. It's not, by the way. No, no way. But just how hot was it? Well, how about the London airport having to suspend flights because the heat was so intensive that it caused the runways to develop defects as most likely the asphalt was buckling under the intense heat. Now, like road buckling is not all that uncommon in heat waves. We have it here in Wisconsin as well. But that's just like on roads that are just, you know, forgotten about until they're broken. And then we need, 
we, we need to have the road closed for longer than we'd like to go ahead and fix it. A runway is maintained on a daily basis to prevent exactly the same sort of thing. And it wasn't enough. Yikes. Big, big yikes. That's how hot it was. But Eagle, you might be saying, this is a tech channel. You can't point out anything other than those game console overheating that the heat actually affected. Oh, yes, I can. Watch and be amazed as I point out that Google and Oracle data centers within Europe had to shut down chunks of their services because their cooling system wasn't enough. Yes, one of the few places within Europe that actually has high-end air conditioning couldn't keep up and had to shut down a good chunk of their data center for the rest of their services to keep up. The services that were shut down were considered non-essential and minor features, but when was the last time you ever heard of Google having to shut down features because they couldn't keep it cool? This is the first I ever heard of it. Someone in chat pointed out that people have actually that there have been over a thousand people passing away in Spain and Portugal due to directly attributed to the heat. I heard about something similar too on Friday as well. It's it's no joke, man. I even had like an early bird briefing that was just like, look, man, it's hot. Stay hydrated. Don't do anything crazy. I think it was the same early bird briefing that uh that later that day I had to run around and uh in the in in the not so intensive heat but still pretty high heat picking up pieces after a work crisis uh heat's no joke man stay cool stay hydrated and now let's shift gears radically in other news this IGN page um broke in a very hilarious way and is now completely <laughs> unusable for my purposes as we can see here on this IGN page that you're hearing about in this audio-only podcast, uh, certain chunks and formatting of the page have not loaded, and the article will, is not being properly displayed, and the entire headline is in a one-and-a-half-inch column on the left-hand side. <laughs> Thanks, IGN! Not only can you not grade games properly, you can't make a website work properly either. Whatever, I don't need I don't need this website to talk about this story anyway. Xbox will finally be able to or let me rephrase this differently. Xbox is getting Discord voice services to their consoles. You'll be able to integrate Discord into your Xbox to be able to use voice chat cross platform. Hallelujah. A sign that we're getting much much closer for everyone on PC to realize just how insufferable Xbox users are on voice chat. It's what we really needed. But what's more fascinating to me with this is the fact that, um, what about Sony? Didn't Sony like do a partnership thing with Discord to do the same thing? Why is everyone saying that this is the first time Discord's partnered with a console? That can't be right, right? In fact, it is. 
I thought this too, but no. Sony went ahead and did a small, a big investment in Discord, but they never actually launched the voice chat service on, on the PlayStation. It's not there yet. What? Yeah, no one knows why. But even though Sony's been sitting on this partnership for over a year, Microsoft, who, by the way, tried to buy Discord and failed, managed to, to secure a deal with Discord for this kind of partnership before Sony, who invested money directly in Discord. What the heck? I, I don't get you, Sony. You just, I don't get you. You just can't seem to get out of your own way. But I mean, it just means it's all wins and wins for Microsoft, right? Right? Well, Microsoft did launch a, uh, a Facebook ripoff social media network within uh, Microsoft Teams. Um, so there's that. that. That's a thing that now exists. Why, I don't know. But it does, it, it, it's, it's a real thing that now exists. And I just don't know. Who asked for this? People barely use Teams as it is. Why the heck would you make like a Facebook clone? And I do mean that quite literally. There's like a profile system now within Teams and it looks exactly like an early Facebook. Like exactly. Like down to every single menu down to the sidebar, down to like the storyline features, down to some of the names. It's why, why it's just, who asked for this? Someone in chat says they use teams daily. Is this something you ever wanted? Did you ever want a Facebook clone integrated into the software you need to use to do your job? Can you say that is something you have ever wanted? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is something that everyone's wanted, but I'm willing to bet against it. The person in chat has not replied yet, so I have to assume just no. The person in chat said they don't, but some manager may insist. I don't know. Maybe in two years, we'll look back at this moment and laugh as uh, Microsoft Teams Viva Engage, which is apparently what uh, I'm assuming this is what it's called. Viva Engage? Yeah, that's what it's called. Viva Engage will be the, actually the newest social media and Facebook will be dead and Viva Engage will live long and forever. In other weird social media news, uh, Instagram is letting its users shop in their DMs. Don't know if want. On one hand, it sounds like a neat feature for some small businesses out there. But on the other hand, Instagram so I don't know as a small business owner I can tell you this I'm not using it nope no siree someone in chat says yeah that's what we need a new avenue for scams <laughs> oh boy I can't wait to report on the insane amounts of tech support scams that go on within Instagram DMs Chat is just absolutely baffled by this rolling out. Hey, let's shift gears radically. Google Wallet is launching again. So Google Wallet is launching on Android and Wear OS that will replace the old Google Pay app 
which replaced the old Google Wallet app. Does everyone follow this so far? So this Google Wallet app will go ahead and and replace Google Pay, but we'll have the added features of supporting some of the features we see from Apple Pay and Apple Wallet, being that it would be able to have a digital ID and as well as hosting, you know, rewards cards, potential digital passports, and all kinds of other things to keep up with what Apple Wallet is doing. So on one hand, I see, okay, good, you're keeping up with your competition, great, fantastic. Apple will no longer have a monopoly on all things that are digital passports. Now, here's my counterpoint. How long until there's a data breach? I'm just saying, how, how long until this information is breached? Because I'm willing to bet it's not going to be all that long. It's <laughs> Someone in chat says, how long? Oh, three, two, one. <laughs> just about right. I mean, Google has a pretty decent track record of not being breached. But um, I would say it's a matter of when, not if. All right, let's talk about hardware. Apple is looking to update the latest MacBook Pros with M2 and M2 Max processors this fall. In other bold predictions, I will have a glass of water at some point today, and the sky is eventually going to be blue. In other bold predictions, I will be having the chicken teriyaki that is marinating in my fridge at some point this week. Why the heck are obvious predictions like this reported on? I mean, you got me talking about it. It's the biggest no-brainer on the planet. It's going to happen. Trust me. It's, it's not news. It's, it's inevitable. The M2 is the newest processor from Apple. It's going to go in the MacBook Pros. It's, 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 it's going to happen. All right. I want to talk for a minute about the intel arc alchemist cards first off by the way i just want to state that clearly now intel is run by engineers because all of our names that we've heard of so far from intel about their gpus are named after deep dungeons and dragons classes so far we've heard alchemist battle mage I forgot what the C one is already. If I had to guess, I'd say probably Crusader. D I think is Druid. I think that was all they've said so far. I'm not complaining. I just find that interesting. The engineers are back in charge and already we're showing how big of D and D nerds they are. Okay. 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 Some of the uh, benchmarks though that have come out have been fascinating. The cards early on showed very bad performance, but some testing that's been done now with uh, within Gamers Nexus and Linus Media Group, along with which were done also side by side with some of the Intel engineers, showed that um, things were going very interestingly. The performance appears to be very good and in fact, better than their competitors, but only in DirectX 12 powered games. The moment you do DX11 or DX10 or anything lower than that, 
the performance begins to get worse and worse and worse. So you're definitely getting a very early adopters kind of problem with it. But the thing is, is that this appears to be problems that can be solved with drivers down the road. So right now, buying these cards is probably not the best idea unless you just want to, you know, have it for the sake of having it. Or if you only play the most modern titles there are. Someone in chat asks, uh, you, they really want to know how it, how it performs with uh, DXVK, which is the transition layer from DX9, 10, 11 to Vulcan. Oh, God. Um, I vaguely recall Steve from Gamers Nexus talking about it, but I can't remember because Steve from Gamers Nexus, if he's not being very witty and snarky, he is being a very good sleep aid. So I really don't remember. I want to say the performance was fairly decent, but I'm not sure for certain. But in any case, my own personal recommendation is I wouldn't get these cards right now. Uh, they're currently set to launch, not yet, but soon. But the price is actually set about right. They're set pretty much a little bit lower than the card they're competing with from both AMD and Nvidia. So if you want to experiment, you got some extra cash to burn, go for it. I'm not your real dad. I wouldn't though, especially since, well, let's be perfectly honest. The used market right now is flooded with used crypto mining cards. If you're going to take a chance, why wouldn't you just take a chance on that, run it through its paces very quickly through a synthetic test like Furmark, make sure it actually runs properly, and if it doesn't, quickly go back on eBay and file a, file a complaint to get your money back. That's, all, that's actually a safer bet than finding out your Intel card isn't compatible with the game you want to play yet. So, Intel Arc has a future. But that future is not today. But the pricing looks pretty good. And speaking of uh, GPU purchasing advice, let's talk about Lovelace. For those, those of you who don't know what Lovelace is, Lovelace is the code name for the RTX 40 series. And what we're hearing in the rumor mill is that we might not see very many Lovelace cards at all. In fact, some people are saying the only RTX 40 series card we might see is the 4090, the Halo card, the one that's going to cost, you know, $2,000 and could very easily heat your whole home. That's all we might see this year. So for those of you who are looking at the 30 series finally being available and thinking, I'll hold off the 40 series right around the corner. I don't think it's around the corner. In fact, Jay's Two Cents, another tech YouTuber, even offhandedly said that with one of his contacts that he can't reveal because otherwise they'd lose their job, said that we might not even see any 40 series for another year from now. If that's the case, and you're holding off on buying a GPU, no joke, right now, 
is the time to buy a GPU. Right now, you have quite a few things coming together. You have the crypto crash, which, first off, warms my heart. I'm sorry. I, I, I ran out of love for you crypto guys. Your suffering now brings me joy. It just straight up does now. You've got all of them trying to bail out and trying to recoup their costs on their cards by selling off every single GPU they ever mined on. So the used market is flooded with all the cards that were made during the shortage that were being bought up at scalper prices. This is now forcing all of the new cards to drastically drop their sell prices to meet up with the demand because the demand has now dropped and supply has now surged. So you got all the used cards trying to sell for cheaper just to move them. You have all the new cards. Their price are crashing now down to MSRP and in some cases even below MSRP so that they can go ahead and move their product. I would say right now is about where the GPU market is going to be bottomed out for 2022. Now, when the 40 series launches, let's pretend for a minute the 40 series launches at the same time as we expect. That's going to be a November launch, and there's going to be several cards with it that they're going to go ahead and move forward and that all these rumors we're hearing are 100% untrue. You might see another wave of some RTX 3000 series hitting the used market as the top tier people go ahead and grab 4000 series cards because they have to have the latest and greatest. I don't think you're going to see that nearly as much as people think. I think what's going to happen is that some of the cards will launch right away and that people are going to be hesitant to buy those just because of, uh, first off, the rumored price hike that they're going to see. And then also the fact that people aren't sure if their power supplies are going to be able to handle these cards because these are supposed to suck a ton of power. And I do mean a ton of power. But that is just my thought. I think if you are in the, in the market to buy a GPU, now is the time just because these 4000 series, they're either going to be delayed. And I think and rumors are suggesting they're going to be delayed heavily. There's reason to believe they aren't going to be. Someone in chat pointed out that it's going to be hard for NVIDIA to cancel their orders with TSMC, but maybe NVIDIA is going to try and go ahead and sit on all that silicon for a long time just to go ahead and wait for AMD to get their stuff out. A lot of it, I think, will depend on how quickly AMD can get their GPUs to the market. Because NVIDIA wants to wait out the current glut as much as they can. They want to wait out and wait for all of these used GPUs that are now flooding the market to be bought up. They want that supply to be gone before they launch the 4000 series. Now, hopefully someone in chat said if crypto never cr crashed, we won't, we won't see a 4000 series miner. Oh man. There is the possibility that, you know, Someone in chat says that NDAs for RDNA 3 GPOs are currently being sent out. So we are close. Yeah, quite possibly. There's a lot of big question marks. I will say this much though. I wouldn't wait if I've been the if I've been waiting a long time for a GPU, I'd get it now. 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would debate getting the 3060 right now if I had the spare cash for it to replace the 1060 that's in my PC right now. But funds are too tight, so I don't. In any case, we're going to take our last break here when we come back. A few little oddball stories, including the Terminator. It's here. It's real. And it's a quadruped. <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Evil Falcon. Alienware is trying to make itself relevant again with a new upgrade where you too, for the low, low price of $300, upgrade the screen on your unupgradable laptop with some design choices I'm not a fan of to have a 480 hertz refresh rate. The RAM is soldered on. The GPU is, is soldered soldered in. The whole thing is, is thin. It overheats itself like nobody's business, despite the fact that it's on... Despite the fact you have a 17-inch or 15-inch laptop, it has no numerical pad on the side, but it's okay because you have a 480 hertz refresh rate on what is arguably a very flawed laptop. What happened to them, man? Alienware for the longest time, love them or hate them, but for the longest time, they at least had something before and after they were bought by Dell. They at least had nice, thick, high-end systems that you could very easily service and were very flashy and iconic. Now look at it. The only thing that makes it iconic anymore is a light-up Alienware logo on the back. They've toned down the RGB drastically, which was kind of their whole thing. They've toned down everything about it. I, I just don't understand. Someone in chat says Dell happened. No, it's not Dell. I mean, Dell might have something to do with it now. But when Dell bought Alienware, the first products that Alienware put out from Dell were amazing. They put the custom ability that, of manufacturing that Dell had, and they made, I would argue... The best equipment they ever had. Easily accessible, dual SLI cards right, right underneath. Cooling system was actually adequate for what they were throwing in there. I still have an Alienware MXM card behind me that was in, a, that was in my M18X. They were fantastic machines. And just lately they decided, eh, then there's better. Why? We even thought there was a bit of... Redemption. They went ahead and made that Area 51M. Remember that? A big, thick, chungus laptop had a actual desktop-grade CPU in it. Everything was upgradable. They were going to go ahead and say, don't worry, we're going to go ahead and make upgradable GPUs in here. We're working with the same department that makes our precision laptops, and their precision laptops are fantastic. My personal laptop is a precision. It's a great machine. That laptop is gone, by the way. Poof gone, perished, dieted, kabooed, never to be seen again. But it's okay. You can go ahead and get 480 hertz refresh rate on a panel that's probably going to be garbage because that's going to be the only way you can get 480 hertz refresh rate on a laptop screen. They have no idea what they're doing over there. None at all. China's own 
M, I'm sorry, S M I C is now fishing or fishing. Wow. Could I have messed up this headline anymore? SMIC is shipping seven nanometer A6. So now China officially has seven nanometers. That is half of the nanometers that Intel has been struggling with for years. I'm sorry, it was too easy. (laughs) But here's what I love about it. They're building ASICs. So even though they've reached seven nanometers by some definition of some kind, who knows what, all it's being used for is ASICs, application-specific integrated controllers, not even for a true processor. So it's not like they're going to be able to be used for any sort of, like, serious computing. So what are they going to use it for? Well, are you ready? It is most likely going to be used for cryptocurrency mining. That is at least the speculation that's being had right now. We don't know for certain. (laughs) Someone in chat says, but wait, that's banned in China. Again, that's the speculation. Now, could it be that they're going to go ahead and make these ASICs that are for crypto mining and just sell them outside of China? I don't know. I will say this. If they can only go ahead and make seven nanometers but only for asics then this feels like a show and tell from ralph wiggum from the simpsons where it's just one giant batch of disappointment and other news razor wants to be relevant again and they're gonna do it with a 4000 hertz usb dongle for mice um razor I uh, I hate to break it to you. I know this is kind of cool and should theoretically give some really impressive wireless mouse response times and probably will make a difference in like some crazy CSGO competi- competitions or anything. But I'd say like 90% of people don't care. W- w- what would you say is the percentage of people who do and don't care about this? Yeah, I'd say about 50, I'd say about 90%. Someone in chat says 1% care. That's probably closer to the truth, too. Meanwhile, in Canada, a class action lawsuit means that people who got optical disc, who got optical disc drive, or I'm sorry, that got optical discs could see 29.7 million Canadian rupees on behalf of Sony, Pioneer, and Toshiba, which will end up being roughly 17 cents. This is kind of just an oddball one. Like, why? Where did this come from? Or then again, considering, um, you know, how rare it is for anyone to use discs, maybe it will in fact be three people splitting the entire 29.7 million. Or, you know... The overall majority of this money is going to just the the lawyers and everyone else can go ahead and claim the remaining 20 bucks. All right. All right. All, all joking aside, the actual amount of money that can be collected. Customers who bought electronics between 2004 and 2010 can claim 
20 Canadian rupees with no proof of purchase. Wait, with no proof? I mean, if I don't need to provide proof at all, just say, yeah, I, I totally bought a DVD in 2006. Hey, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, man. <laughs> Some people may scoff at the idea, but dude, I'll, I'll spend five minutes filling out a form for 20 bucks. I'm not that way. Maybe that just means I'm a cheapskate. I don't know. Unfortunately, though, I'm not Canadian. And also with the amount of random ripping that I do on Canadians for no adequately explored reason, other than the fact that all's, all's fair in memes. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Anyway, shifting gears fairly radically from one dead technology to one te technology that's about to be dead. Hard drive shipments have dropped by 31% year over year. More and more SSDs are becoming the latest and greatest. And hard drives are just vanishing. How long until we actually have to like, until when some of us old guard guys say, is it saved on your hard drive? Are people going to go and look at us like, what? A hard what? Like nowadays, we just go ahead and we just use the term hard drive as just the internal storage. Like that's still just like the lingo most of us still stick to. Where is it all stored? Oh it's, all on the, oh, oh, it's on the hard drive somewhere. Soon everything will just be SSDs. And the only people who use hard drives is the enterprise, which takes huge advantage of those high capacities and lunatics like me who still have a server rack it's my cloud dang it i'm gonna go ahead and continue to build my own personal cloud and you can't stop me that being said i am still trying to hunt down some sas ssds i'm just saying i want the front on neo render my plan is to eventually replace all 16 of those front bays with ssds and have that be the cache and have all of the actual footage be stored on tentacle server that's my plan man i'm gonna do it you know eventually but yeah and the only people who are really buying hard drives as said by a number of people in the chat are people who want archival storage for personal use but i mean let's be perfectly honest most people who just want like a terabyte or two for just their basic computer use that ssd is relatively cheap nowadays a lot of people who want the archival, I mean, same amount of money, you can go ahead and get that two, two terabyte SSD. You can probably pick up a, I'm just guessing, but probably a, probably 16 terabytes is probably what you get. I should probably clarify that Tentacle server is a one use server that connects to a disk shelf. It's only called Tentacle server because there's a, it has the most cables hanging off it that go, that's going off into the bundle. All right, chat says that sounds about right. So my rough estimate is at least believable. Almost as believable as the pictures we've been getting out of space. The Webb Space Telescope absolutely is just blowing the Hubble Telescope out of the water with the quality of pictures it has been getting. Like for the most part, like we'll be perfectly honest here. Most people in the tech space don't really care about pictures from space. Most people in the tech space go, ooh, pretty. Anyway, back to that GPU. 
the number of people that have been ooing and aahing over some of the pictures from the Webb Space Telescope have, it's almost become a meme of itself. It is actually pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie, the pictures do look pretty good as well. By the way, remember how earlier we were talking about uh, Elon Musk being beaten to the punch and being kind of, uh, and just, you know, falling behind because he's been too scatterbrained? Yeah, Neuralink has been beaten to the punch. A startup has become the first to implant a device directly into a U.S. patient. All right, so on one hand, the way Elon Musk has just been absolutely mismanaging his company empire has brought me nothing but glee, mostly because the guy's being just as arrogant as can be. And like the, the guy can do a lot of good if he just, you know, get his head out of his own butt. All right, now with that all said, Elon, other weird startup I've never heard of, can we like pump the brakes on this whole like making cyborgs thing? I don't think we're ready, especially with the whole, you know, especially with uh, Amazon now buying up a healthcare provider and becoming a cyberpunk dystopian company being in charge of a little bit of everything in the world. Can I please just have a little bit more time before cyberpunk 2077 becomes a real thing? Someone in chat asked Ghost in the Shell when. Uh, after we live the uh, cyber dystopian world of Cyberpunk 2077, then we can go to something a bit cleaner with Ghost in the Shell. Someone in chat says I have 55 years before it happens. Oh, good. Well, maybe during that time I can go ahead and, invo- and enjoy the Doll E, which is now available in beta. Doll E, which is the which is the greatest meme generation we have uh, generator we have seen in a long time is soon going to be opening up in the beta and you can go ahead and create you can create you can use a whole bunch of free credits and get a refill or buy an additional 155 generations for $15 ah yes for $15 I can go ahead and make 115 more memes excellent my redditor cred shall go through the roof I'm kidding. I don't even go on Reddit. I just find it amusing. We can go ahead and buy Redditor cred for $15. Thanks to Dolly. And finally, we go to the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, or perhaps the more terrifying, sticking with our theme of cyberpunk dystopians. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you someone mounting a machine gun on top of spot the dog yes i am serious we now have a robot dog armed with a machine gun it's the terminator ladies and gentlemen they're coming for us in their weird walking style awkwardly mounted with a machine gun on top of them shooting at targets oh my god they're gonna be coming for us Someone in chat asks, as long as they can't climb walls, I think we're safe. They'll find a way. There's no stopping them. They can climb stairs. It's the one thing we had. And on top of that, they can easily re- re-stabilize themselves after firing. What's next? 
a bazooka, an RPG, a JRPG, a mortar, a mortar and pestle. There's no end to the amount of things we can mount on top of these killing machines. The end is nigh. But for now, I'll bring you back to reality and say thank you so much for watching. And please feel free to give a watch to our daily podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, which airs every single weekday now. We're doing a longer format, but only five days a week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it's averaging out to about eight to 12 minutes of a mini version of this. I'm personally having a bit more fun with it. Not being restricted to the clock as much. I hope you guys are as well. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. And give your feedback to eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. Or your hate mail, you know, whichever. Either way, you'll get a sarcastic response in return. Now, here's the real question, though. With all of these things happening and us moving closer and closer to a cyberpunk dystopia, where, which one are we moving closer to? Is it cyberpunk? Is it Ghost in the Shell? Is it, Sha- is it Shadowhunter? No, not, it's not Shadowhunter. Which one is it? I'm drawing a blank on uh, Shadowrun. That's the one. Are we moving closer to Shadowrun? But here's one thing we never consider. Perhaps we are moving closer to the cyberpunk dystopia that is Borderlands. Oh, no. And there they had killer dogs, too. Going back to bed, I want to forget all of this ever happened.